This is RangerCast, episode 19, Power Rangers Takes a Break, recorded on Sunday, July 23rd, 2023. In this episode, the news that broke, and just as importantly, didn't break at San Diego Comic-Con, and a first look at upcoming comics. Alright, this is RangerCast. As always, I am Tyler, better known as Riddle Volto. And this is Josh, a.k.a. Crimson Sooners. What's up, everypony? How's everybody doing? Is everybody doing okay? Because I can tell y'all, I'm tired. (laughs) What a week it's been. Don't you agree? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, the Power Rangers fandom is usually, you know, kind of rough to be in and kind of embarrassing lately. Um... And it is reaching a fever pitch with news that we'll get to uh, that Power Rangers is apparently taking a pause after Cosmic Fury. That seems to be the indication because Hasbro at at San Diego Comic-Con basically said you'll get nothing and be happy with it. Uh, But we will get to that later on in the show. First, I want to let you guys know that you can find us online at rangercast.net. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps people find us. Absolutely. Also, yeah. um, p- promote it, guys. And it's good for – it's the same thing I do on my YouTube channel and stuff. Spread it to friends, guys. Have it up during uh, while you're doing, like, chores and dishes. It's a awesome thing to listen to, especially in the background. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, we do want to say up front that we – stand with the Screen Actors Guild and Writers Guild of America, and we uh, stand with Little Guy against the bazillionaire studio executives. And to the extent that we talk about union-produced content on this podcast, uh, I just want to let you know that we are in solidarity with the striking unions in Hollywood. And we can also talk about it, too with it because we're not part of the we we don't have we're not actors we're not we don't have the ndas well, or anything you know, like that, so we can actually talk about it <laughs> you know sag after actually does do podcast agreements and i looked into it but we're so small and don't have any contracts with anybody you know yeah. there's no money in this and, and you know it, it's just not really you know a, a benefit for this podcast to be a union podcast. But hey, you know, if you'd like to sponsor us and put words in my mouth, you know, I'd be happy. Anybody out there listening, uh, you know, let's talk. Uh, so anyway, moving <laughs> on to news. Uh, okay, our first bit of news. Um, this is something that we almost touched on in our last episode, but deleted it when the situation changed. The subtitles on the original pressing of Shin Ultraman from Cleopatra Entertainment were all kinds of messed up. Either HTML formatting, typos, all kinds of errors. Now, according to Cleopatra Entertainment, the issues have been resolved with proper subtitles in place of their main dialogue scenes, uh, as well as subtitles for the narrative sequence that opens the film and the lyrics of the theme song over the credits. Uh, New versions of the Blu-rays and DVDs have been pressed and should be available 
from their distributors and then to general retailers as we record this. They do have a Blu-ray DVD exchange program for people who bought the original version. Uh, just contact them for more information. There are people who know more than I do who shed some light on what might have caused these formatting errors, but it seemed like a clear failure of quality control to me. I mean, if it was me, as I'm a collector, I wouldn't send it back. I would just have it off to the side uh, with the other ones and just say it's a misprint, because you never know. if you. It's one of those, if you're going to sell stuff in the future, that might be worth something. I wouldn't send would it, it back, but that's me. Would it, though? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, there's um to use it as an like, example. It's like saying that um, it's like saying that the glorified bootlegs that uh that that BCI Eclipse put out of all of the original Ultraman series, it, it's like saying that those are worth something, and they're not. Well, uh, I'll put it this way: um, when My Little Pony season two was released, and there's an episode on there where Derpy has a different line. And they went back and re-edited it, but that CD still was part of the first run. It's worth a little bit for it, so you never know. I mean, they could say it's a, it's a misprint, it's a whatever. There's a collector out there for everything, <laughs> but I wouldn't send it back. That's me. I haven't bought it yet. I did see it in theaters. It was quite good. Uh, also, another Toku news: we're learning a bit more about Common Rider Gajard. Uh, we have a design, and we know who's working on it. Veteran Kamen Rider director and Power Rangers alumnus, Ryuta Tasaki, will be the lead director, along with Keiji Hasegawa as main writer, Hirofumi Fukuzawa as the action director. The show is about a high school alchemist named Hotaro hunting down the 101 Chemi creatures who can transform humans into monsters, known as Phantom Malgams, and the show is set to premiere on September 3rd. The official press conference for the series introducing the cast and characters is set for August 9th, and the design looks a bit a bit x80, you know, in terms of the way that it uh, not just the color, but the way that the 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 chest pieces look kind of modular, like they protrude. Um, it looks very uh, gadgety, you know. And it yeah, seems like yeah. there might be a a card thing going on, kind of like decayed. And also, Shout Studios, excuse me, Shout Factory, I should say, is changing their name to Shout Studios. Um, they've been Shout Factory, obviously, for a long time now. Um, and yeah, they're still putting out Sentai series, all of that. We presume there's more to come. Uh, but hey, good for them. And Renegade, Shout, they've got... Hmm? Shout, if you're listening, will we finally get My Little Pony Season 8 and Season 9? Yes, I know I'm the lone brony on this Ranger cast. Can we finally get that, please, in some other Power Ranger seasons? Thank you. <laughs> I have to put that I out there. I think they should Still probably waiting. focus on, on VR Troopers first. Can we get VR Troopers too while we're at it? I mean, if we're, we're just putting our wish list out there. Come on, uh, Shout. If you're changing the name, I'm, Factory to Studio sounds much, much more money involved. Anyway, anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, Renegade also has some stuff in the pipeline. Josh, you want to talk about that? 
Sure, just very, very briefly, everyone should contact their local comic shop, game uh, shop, um, wherever um, people in your area will go to play some demos. Um, play Renegade looks like it's starting to get out into the public area about um, doing demo days, doing stuff at conventions. Um, specifically with Renegade, they uh, had like a sign-up form where people can go and basically run one-shots at stores. And Power Rangers does have a scenario with it. So um, be sure, guys, to check out uh, your comic shops and everything for that. They may be setting up times and stuff here. And it's supposed to be like every quarter there's supposed to be a nice little scenario um, that is released. Um excuse me, out to the public uh, to come and participate and play. The Power Ranger one is, I believe, oh, it escapes me, but um, the Power Ranger one, it's it's very fun. It is meant for six people, and I think people will get a nice little feel for what it is um, for it, and it, it's cool. It's very cool. Um, just keep up with the Renegade stuff, guys. Like, they got some great stuff coming down the line, especially for those of y'all um, going to Gen Con. I hope y'all have a fun time in that. G.I. Joe, Power Rangers, Transformers crossover against, I think it's, again, Lord Wave Z or something. It's weird, but it looks fun. And for those who didn't know, San Diego Comic-Con happened this past weekend. Uh, there were some reveals not having to do with the show itself. Uh, 3-0 revealed their 1-6 uh, scale putty and the Red Zero Ranger. Also, the pre-orders for the Black Ranger with Dragon Shield, which I believe we talked about last time. Those are out there for 400 bucks wherever you like to pre-order your toys. Mezco, a company kind of operating in the same sort of space, kind of like weird kind of between 3-0 with their fabric suits and uh, Super 7 with their props. There's an issue with their recently announced White Ranger. The belt is upside down. But otherwise, until Josh told me about this issue, this problem, I wasn't even aware that Mezco was a company. But that being said, except for the um, the issue with the belt buckle, it looks like they're putting out some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, they're, when you take a quick look at it, again... The belt will probably be fixed in some post-production, no different than 3-0 with the uh, Green Ranger and having the silver morpher instead of a gold morpher. They look yeah. great. Like, well, I think, you it, know, also, like, these, like, it's, like even the MMPR team, uh, there's a disclaimer saying they're just prototypes. So any of this stuff can change. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing. That's also one, too, is like, yes, if it's corrected later on, everyone would want the silver buckle. Regardless, um, it seems like it's a great alternative to people who do want the cloth-like um, figures, but were not able to access the other ones, especially because the other ones were so stinking expensive. Well, it, it's not – I mean, these, these, are around the same, these are around the same price point. Like, they don't actually sell – aside from – green and white they don't sell single rangers if you want to join the waitlist and get a chance to buy the mmpr team you can only buy right now the full team and it's 400 bucks see and i yeah, guess um, i was mistaken i was sometime later this year so uh, we were talking about this off offline that it's super weird that hasbro would license two different companies making 
the same kind of toys for the same kind of collector. It has to, I this is my only random thought on it. I wonder if it's a distribution issue where other countries cannot get three zero. So it has to be like this new toy that can be very similar where it's like, yeah, we can't ship to this one. So we'll, we will grant you the license, but then it has to be open to everybody type of deal. I don't think that doesn't really make any Uh, sense because Hasbro owns the rights to everything outside of Asia. So I'm I'm not sure that, that doesn't add up to me. There's probably a reason that we will never know from it, um, but I do agree with you. I Because everything we've talked about, um, accessibility, well, no, because those other ones were still pretty wildly stuff. And if they were, the, I was thinking they were more expensive, but they're the same price point. Well, that's not an issue. Well, maybe it's a, a shipping issue. Well, that's not it. Maybe it's just say, they want yeah. competition. I will say this about Mezco. Uh, looking at at least the prototypes, the head sculpts are incredible. Maybe that's why they granted it. Maybe they're they're doing like a different approach to it. And I mean, looking at it, I mean, look at the Green Ranger. It has, um, unless they're using some stock footage, maybe they're going to have putties down the line at this point. Uh, maybe, that, to me, there has to be something else involved with it, but who knows? Who knows what they have planned? Regardless, they are very, very high quality and... Am I allowed to say that I feel like someone's going to get their money's worth if they get these versus the remastered editions that Hasbro's putting out at this point? <laughs> I, I do like the thought put into the art, the the mock-ups of the Green Ranger figure because they tried to evoke that uh, sequence in Green with Evil. Yeah, well, and even looking at it, they even have the, um, the Mega Heater, the thing used with the Green right. No More. Like... They're going. They looks good, and they even have the um um uh the sword of power and the sword of darkness. Like I don't even recall Super Seven having this uh, sword of power on it. So right, and, well, and you if can you also imagine it, why they might not have it, well, well it, it's a weird thing to include with a Green Ranger figure when you think about it. Because why do you say the, that? Because the sword of power was from the power transfer. Right, and right, 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 he right. He wasn't right, the right, Green right. Ranger then. Right. Maybe it. Maybe there was something in Sentai that I don't recall that maybe no, it exists. No, the sword of <laughs> no, the sword of power was just a contrivance to, uh, to get them to the peace conference. Then I don't know, man. That's a, that's a great question. Oops. I don't know either. <laughs> don't spoil it. <laughs> um. I don't know. You know what would make them very... Oh, you know? You know what may make them unique? And I think I might see it with the uh, the normal Power Ranger figures when I'm looking at it, but I would need a closer look. They have the American collars on them. The big Let fluffy me. ones that... Uh, uh, I cannot tell on it, but it looks like they do, and that would be different than the other ones. Okay, that's something. That's interesting. Yeah, like we're learning stuff even during the uh uh recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks like they're just a little bit different. Just different enough. Yeah. I hey, I would buy the Green Ranger one just so it has the dragon shield on it 
unlike certain remastered series but that's that's just my opinion but yeah there oh wow it even comes with um the dragon shield for two sets of them in the um mmpr one that's cool yeah okay they're offering a different product it it's similar but it's you got, different you've got three thunder slingers yeah two drag i guess when you think about it there's a you know there were two rangers on the tv show who wore the shield besides Tommy. Correct. So. And if you look at it, um, they also have the one thing that uh, uh, the remastered edition, I know I've mentioned remastered edition. They, a lot. they have the power um, blaster. And it has the lights on it too, like the, the, the prop of it. Yeah. But it has yeah. it actually shooting the different colors and the belts have the actual painted on black stripes. And uh, the foam that- gun from, I forget which episode. Yeah, yeah, like I know it was to its credit, thing, yeah. it's similar, but it's very different. And it's like it's not a it's not a oh this is what we saw in Sentai. Like this was the old American version. Yeah, and you're right, the head sculpts are fantastic. Like those are spot, especially on. Jason. That looks amazing. I think that's the 100%. best Jason face I've seen since the uh, Bandai release, uh, the figure arts release. One hundred percent, I agree. Like we. The faces are so hit and miss. That is spot and, on. And Kim too. Yes, and Zach and Billy and Trini. Like those are good. A little more serious looking. Yeah, but they look good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, also out of uh, San Diego Comic Con, there wasn't a Power Rangers brand panel. Like there was a brand panel for Transformers, yada yada yada. But there was a Boom Studios panel. That had a lot of stuff about the comics. Uh, first off, the prelude to Darkest Hour drops on July 26th. I've read the review copy. It is awesome. Uh, I'm not sure what the embargo is on any spoilers, but it's definitely worth picking up. Uh, also, Megan Camarina, who co-wrote the recent Power Rangers Unlimited Hyperforce one-shot, turned up and... She, uh, you know, the the one shot was actually only really happened because she pushed for it. And I've read it, and it does tie into Darkest Hour, but it also has a lot of references to the Hyperforce series, while at the same time, almost like self-consciously catching up people who didn't watch it or forgot large chunks of it in terms of what the status quo was for the Hyperforce team at the end of the, at the end of their one season, which ended on a real cliffhanger. There are also very, very specific references to weird episodes of Hyperforce, like the one where they met Santa or hung out in Arturian times. So that was really cool. I really recommend uh, picking that up. Hey, Santa is in the Power Ranger universe. He is, and in Renegade so. even has uh, uh, him as a playable figure with his reindeer zord. So he is present. Let, let's not forget that Santa is present. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say, but he is present. Yeah, also uh, they announced the 30th anniversary special number one that is in stores August 30th. It features stories by Melissa Flores, Ryan Parrott, Matt Groom, Amy Joe Johnson, and Matt Hodson. Yes. Uh, and 
the uh, new writer of the Ranger Academy series, let's say, Maria and Grande Mora. And the uh, cover will be by Dan Mora, and the stories will have art by Henry uh, Prasetia, Eleonora Carlini, Marco Rena, Francesco Mortorino, and Joe Mi Young. And you uh, know something? We, yeah. I'm super happy. I, I'm I I feel like I'm I'm interrupting you so much, Rito. It's I, where I'm having like okay. one little okay. tiny bit of feedback. Um, you know something I'm proud of, and I feel like she finally found what she enjoys doing in the Power Ranger world. I'm really happy that Amy Joe is going to cons and everything. I feel like she likes writing, and I'm very happy that it seems like she's finally. How can I contribute to the Power Rangers uh, franchise? I can write. And it really does seem like she wants to be invested in it, really wants to expand the lore, give her ideas for it. And it's not just a, oh, it's a cash grab. This really seems like it's very thought out, very yeah. well done. And I'm looking forward to it. Because we all know Amy, Amy never, <laughs> Amy had issues going to the cons for obvious reasons, as many people do. Uh, from yeah. it so it's nice seeing her like get back involved with the franchise um especially writing like we don't see a lot of writers uh for it beyond i think david yost's one go um at uh writing um the 30th anniversary so this is good yeah this I is think, good um but uh you know oh, by the way hat tip to comic book keepers who was in the room and from whose twitter feed we're getting all of this correct i'll give um Two more things that are on my mind on um, the comics from everything. Now, I'm not caught up with Power Ranger comic, but I know what's going on roughly-ish for it. Um, I have to say, spoiler alert, for those who have not read it, it is what it is at this point. Um, it's been out there. I'm really happy that I really like how Melissa is like tying everything back to how impactful Shattered Grid was. And basically, Tommy messing with everything is causing events to happen way earlier than were, they were supposed to. I really, my, I don't know what's going to happen, don't get me wrong, but it's leading up to it. I really like that the Mighty Morphin team is facing Dark Spectre. If that's what is really going to turn out to be, I really like that. That is very creative. Um, I like the, you're, you're meddling with things too much and now stuff is happening way earlier than it's supposed to. And they, I know why they did it, but man, I'm looking forward to reading this and how this is going to go. Because I like seeing Zordon as a more active role versus his very passive role and in space against Dark Spectre. I can't wait for them to turn that on its head. I am so looking forward to it. <laughs> and uh, also happening at the Boom panel, we did actually learn more about Amy Jo Johnson's... Uh, limited event series titled The Return and it will feature designs not art, not uh, issue issue art, but character designs by Dan Moore the idea is what if the Rangers never parted ways what if they were still at it 30 years later and it ages up these characters in different ways than we've seen in their respective returns in the show, like in Grid Connection or Once and Always. And I think it's very interesting, for example, how how the comic imagines Jason would have aged. Yeah. 
a lot more grizzled, a lot more like like city miles. Uh, Zach too. Uh, those are the and we saw art for Kimberly as well. You know, and it's something that's something I was thinking about. Like I mentioned about the Dark Spectre stuff. It's very interesting of when you realize you're in Cosmic Fury, and we're going to be talking about Cosmic Fury, but it was something I was thinking about with the comics of, you know, the public still only knows a few Power Ranger teams, like in-universe, by their faces, like Time Force, like Wes and Eric, um, SPD. They still don't know who the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are, the Zeo Rangers, the Turbo Rangers. They know in space... I'm like, I like almost this little twist on it of what if they did keep going out? Because it makes kind of logical sense of they were supposed to keep battling if we didn't have, obviously, out-of-world Saban uh, antics. Who knows? And I like that exploration of do they... I, I'm curious to see what she's going to write on it of. Are they going to be weary? Are they going to be, um, like hypocritical are they going to be angsty to the world at this point because of the we've been at this for third because remember in the series the rangers never defeated excuse me never defeated rita and zed they only stalemated them so i'm curious on how she's going to do it i'm very i'm very interested on it i like little what if stories like that and this is very much got my attention it seems like this is more very very beyond the surface level this is more going to deep lore type of deal yeah, well, I'm not sure how much it'll like be in conversation with things that happened after she left, right? Or things that happened after MMP after the main series, like the events of Once and Always would not have happened in this world. Or maybe they did, because we or still maybe don't they know. Didn't because uh... she was writing this during the pandemic. Oh, I'm thinking of the in-between or something of it where it was like, or maybe it did and it's just this, it happened, but they were already united to be Rangers again, essentially. Who yeah. knows? I'm, um, not, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, yeah. My it will, only other minor thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. I've talked a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No offense. Uh, the 30th anniversary special will also include as I hinted at, a preview of Ranger Academy. You guys remember the free comic book day giveaway that is actually going to become a real series written by Ingrid Mora with art by Joe Mignon and colorist Fabiana Mascolo. It is about a 13-year-old named Sage who lives on an isolated lunar colony with her adoptive father, but her days on the farm will change forever when she comes across a wreckage with wounded passengers, people from an academy training to be something called, believe it or not, Power Rangers. For the first time, discover the amazing school where Rangers are made. And according to the Boom panel, you know, the guest lecturers at this academy could be any Ranger. So it's like outside of established canon. So that really, that really opens things up to what they could do with this. Am I? I may be controversial on this. Am I allowed to say I like the idea, but I have little to no interest in Ranger Academy because it just seems like another let's write a school story. That's kind of what it comes across to me as, and I know it's not marketed to me uh, for it. I don't know how it's going to be received on it because people want the more mature story. Who knows? 
Um, it just it, it, the first thing that immediately came to my mind after I read the free comic book day one, as well as read this preview and watched the boom stuff was, oh, this is just like Ruby or Harry Potter. And it's just Power Rangers this go around. This seems like more of this is high school, except it with Power Ranger powers. Non-normal Power Rangers with attitude. Teenagers with attitude. <laughs> I, I think that it's a, a cool idea to reach a younger audience. I'm not sure if I have the bandwidth to follow another comic series, but I also think it's interesting, or it's great, I should say, that they are having a a queer author write this series, or an author of queer fiction write this series. Uh, it, it's it's cool that they thought of her to write this comic. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's definitely, regardless of my feelings of the the concept for it, I'm glad that they are bringing in writers from everywhere to bring like very, very creative stories and very, very interesting lore to at least do something with it. And 100% agree. And while you can read the details in rangercast.net, in Grande Mora, her young adult debut, Fragile Remedy, was a Junior Library Guild Gold Standard selection. In their contemporary debut, the queer coming-of-age story, The Immeasurable Depth of You, received starred reviews from Kirkus Reviews, School Library Journal, and Booklist. So that is going to be pretty cool when it hits storefronts on October 4th. Man, we have so much. (laughs) My wallet's crying. Yeah, I know. Also happy in a Comic-Con was a panel on Legend of the White Dragon, which, of course, was the final project shot by Jason David Frank before his death. Uh, The project has been punted to 2024. The release, I should say, has been uh, postponed to 2024 uh, due to million dollars in necessary reshoots. And Jenna Frank told Entertainment Weekly in an interview that this project, it was a, like it was a lot of emotions. It felt bitter and sweet being on this panel alongside director, producer, and star Aaron Shanky, producers Sean Shanky and Chris J. Uh, and there was a Green Ranger helmet on there. It was kind of like, you know, in addition to being a panel, it was also about mourning Jason Frank, who died last year in November. And there was an open chair on the panel the entire time in his honor. There were a lot of sentiments in the room, again, according to Entertainment Weekly and outbursts uh, related to mourning him. Jenna Frank had to wipe away tears multiple times during the panel, especially after a preview clip that featured Jason Frank uh, and Michael Madsen, uh, who was his favorite actor, according to those who knew him. She plays uh, Jason's character's daughter in Legend of the White Dragon. And she said it was tough to stay professional during their scenes together. Uh, The conversation talked about mental health a bunch of times. And it, it really, it's really clear that Obviously, his his death is it still it still feels raw for a lot of people, including us. 
So the film, according to Aaron Shanky, uh, it was originally set to come out on, in theaters on Labor Day weekend um, to time with what would have been his 50th birthday. But the uh, film has pushed back to 2024, probably in March. So they were done with principal photography, but now they're doing reshoots to add things that he had wanted to add himself. Uh, and people rallied together to be able to do that. Uh, and as always, if you or someone you know is in crisis, call or text the 988 National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back talking about the big news of the week. So you want to hear people talk about Japanese cartoons. You know, anime. But you think the other anime podcasters just aren't nerdy enough? Sounds like you need to join forces with the Anime World Order. Where each week, three self-proclaimed experts offer you reviews. Of titles both new and classic, news and commentary. Rants, convention reports, interviews with fandom. And some hentai and yaoi for good measure. So search for anime in the iTunes Music Store. Or visit our website at AnimeWorldOrder.com. Anime World Order, revealing the truth about anime, one podcast at a time. You know, I'm the kaiju guy now thanks to the Monster Island Film Fault, but before that I was the superhero guy. I wonder if there's a way I could combine those. Hey, Nathan. Uh, Travis from Kaiju Weekly? Yeah, I'm here because I need a co-host for a new Toku Heroes podcast. Oh? What's it called? Him. Shin! Standing by. Complete. That's right, heroes. We are the Henshin Men, a tokusatsu superheroes appreciation podcast. Join us as we watch several episodes of a TV series from the wide world of Henshin heroes and discuss their merits and cultural significance. Starting with one of my all-time favorites, the original Kamen Rider from 1971. We'll give out awards for things like the best action scenes and crazy what the henshin moments. So hear us every Monday in your favorite podcatcher to get your weekly rider kicks. Gotta go, because we only have a minute to henshin it. And we are back now. There were a lot of questions going into San Diego Comic-Con about what Hasbro might have to say regarding Power Rangers, especially following the recent news that the show has packed up and left New Zealand. That's something we talked about at length in our last episode. And somebody got out of the Hasbro employee uh, in admission that the Lightning Collection is on pause because the show is on pause. Uh, production has been in New Zealand has been discontinued. And... There's no indication when it will resume in another location. We know that Hasbro will continue to produce Power Rangers products for fans and kids, including the Lightning Collection, but we don't know when the show will continue to be produced. We know when somebody asked Hasbro... Uh, TV line Hasbro said quote development is ongoing on the series which is to be run by 
Jenny Klein, who has, who was halfway through a two-year deal with Entertainment One, but it's been complete radio silence. Obviously, we're not going to hear anything about anything during the writer's strike and the actor's strike. I think... I think as fans, we've always been a little bit nervous about the fragility of the franchise. And it's, you know, since there are a lot of things happening, like moves at Hasbro, including the pending sale of Entertainment One, it's difficult to see what the next moves for the Power Rangers franchise are. I, I just want to give my, I guess, two, I guess two cents on it. You know, it's, it's been rumors out there, Rito, that for, what, almost half a decade now that Power Rangers was going to reboot, especially after we saw those, like, mock-ups of the cartoon that they wanted to do. Um, that was, like, Teenagers with Attitude or something like that. Um, but as the years kept going, we saw more and more of this talk. It, if you, you know, I'm looking at it from a different lens as you are. Those talks never went away. They only caught steam. And this kind of was the confirmation because I'm, I'll be up front. I am floored that Hasbro was uh, this open. I thought this was going to be a, we're not going to talk about this. This is a business deal. And no, they were up front. Yeah, we're going to take a pause on it. What? <laughs> so blew me away on it. Um, I know everyone's tentative for it. And depending on who you ask, some people are very happy about the Lightning Collection taking a pause because of the quality issues they've had with it for several years now. In that respect, I don't blame them on it. On the other hand, people worried about what the franchise is going to look like about after Cosmic Fury, because at this point, I think it's all been but said a reboot is going to happen. I feel um, dumb for the people who were starting to collect, collect full teams and now I have no guarantee that those full teams are going to be there. Uh, but in terms of like what is going to happen for the Lightning Collection before Hasbro hits the brakes, uh, the Reliable League or Lightning Fake PR, their information indicates that we're getting a Morphinaut figure, we're getting the Master Morpher, we're getting the Yellow Ranger helmet, we might be getting the Zap Tiger Zord, uh, and we're getting the Omega 4-pack and three other things that we don't know yet, uh, but would probably be related to Boom Studios, and then that's it. I am I will not be surprised. Um, my thought on it, I, because they've been really good sellers, I won't be surprised if they finish up the um, Power Ranger helmet line. Um, Black Ranger and Yellow Ranger helmets and Green Ranger, and they may even be separate. Um, won't be surprised for that. Um, I'll, I'll be upfront too. I'm floored the Master Morpher was not announced. Like that's been rumors that have been all but confirmed too from people like, yes, this is coming. I thought for sure this was going to be announced, and maybe it's going to be Hascon. Um, yeah, or that Hascon. Yeah, that's whatever. on. Yeah. That's on September twenty second. Um, also, yeah. I think something that probably fans should maybe take some solace in is that Hasbro is hiring a brand manager. 
they have a um, a job posting for somebody to handle global franchise development for both Power Rangers and GI Joe. Uh, and maybe that's what they're wanting is they're wanting someone maybe to have a vision going for it and not let's just throw product out there and hope for the best um because it, it, this was something i mentioned to you um off podcast but i still find it very intriguing they had a hasbro 100 years um sign up like advertising their stuff at san diego comic-con and they had every brand up there except power rangers it was not at all on any shelf anything at all i feel like they want a vision before I, they figure yeah, out well, what they're doing because that is very peculiar they even i wasn't out, really i wasn't really thinking that much about you know what brands were and weren't represented on the sign because when you think about it, Power Rangers is not a huge part of Hasbro's history. They just got on the bus, and most of the Power Rangers toys of note came well before Hasbro and the franchise. And it's not like That's a situation true. where they bought Kenner. They it's a situation where they came into the property. That's true. I I guess I'm looking at it from a again a My Little Pony lens. Yeah. Where I think if, the they, sign, if they had they bought had Bandai, G5. if they had bought Bandai, yeah. Power Rangers would be, would be on the sign, but they didn't. And that's fair. And I I guess that's why I'm not as worried on it. Um, if I think they're just taking a step back and reanalyzing everything before they put something forward yeah that's at least how i'm no. seeing it i yeah i think there's reasons to worry but i also look at it with new zealand as the great example that's one of the core things of the writer strike is they want stuff to be brought back and filmed locally because it's too expensive well, no 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 i mean it's i think the thing is like power rangers wasn't union using union writers and that had nothing to right, do with right, like, right 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 yeah Right, that that part I understand, but I'm talking in general. Like that's one of the very core things of the writer strike is bringing stuff back to uh, uh, statewide side or at least Canada side because it's not fair for them to have a house in L.A. and have to go on contract to another location. And I know I know they're not union um, for that, but you get where I'm going with that. If the show is going on pause, it gives us a, you know some time to think about like how we got here and. You know what is to blame for the fact that Power Rangers is still in this like like second class status as a brand of the Hasbro umbrella compared to you know GI Joe's Transformers, uh, Marvel licensed stuff, Lucasfilm licensed stuff, all that, and you you, you gotta wonder like. Like what played a bigger role? Is it, you know, COVID? Is it economic slowdown? Is it Chris Cox? Is it the increasingly whack designs being pumped out of Toy and Bandai? Like what is happening here? You could probably throw out any reason out there, and I think it'd probably be part of the bigger pie. Because I could throw out there and say, well, this all started with the peace conference. Because then they had to change actors out. I could say 2017, when the movie bombed, that changed everybody's feeling about what to do with it. I think, I think it's anything and everything. 
Um, I think marketing marketing's definitely played a role because it seems yeah. like like some of the things that Saban Brands was doing was weird, but it seemed like the show is not being marketed correctly in any co in any coherent fashion. Like once and always, they did that weird flash mob at the Grove. And they sent, uh, especially Walter Jones and David Yost, to do some interviews with various publications. But it seems like a lot of the time, the full court press that Power Rangers deserves isn't out there. I mean, they're not going to, uh, you know, back up the freeway and fill, and fill up Universal Studios. But... I feel like there would be more demand for Power Rangers if it were better marketed. Uh, that's not exactly, you know, my line of work, but it feels like it's a bit of a stepchild within Hasbro, the same way that at Disney, um, Disney had plans, then focus grouped Power Rangers with a bunch of moms and said, never mind. That's why Doug became Disney's Doug, but Power Rangers, uh, Disney practically pretended they didn't own it. Am I am I allowed to throw something controversial out? Am I allowed to say sure. that, Rito? Sure. I feel like some of it is on the fans. And I'm not I'm not ruffling feathers. I'm not trying to poke the bear. I feel like people's disdain at this point with how much the companies, whether it's Saban, Disney, whoever, focused on Mighty Morphin. Yeah. That it yeah. impacted the rest of the series. Well, if that's it, we're just I not going to pay attention. Well, well, yeah, I think, I think, um, I mean, it's one respect in which Hasbro screwed up is that they saw Power Rangers first as a nostalgia brand and they promote and license. MMPR products at the expense of the incumbent rangers. Like, we haven't seen anything in terms of a teaser or anything for Cosmic Fury when this is around the time of year when you would expect to see that. Uh, yeah. It's just really... It, like, there's a lot of, like, left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Like, Last episode, we mentioned the Funko folks were selling exclusive Rita Repulsa uh, Funko Pop that would have been Robo Rita if anyone from Funko knew that Robo Rita was coming. Or, like, yes, we're getting Lightning Collection Remastered toys to coincide with the anniversary, but there's no sense of those toys continuing beyond just doing the MMPR Rangers. Then you have that weird thing with how they're not doing a Jason head because of reasons. And you want something funny that just dropped while we're recording this, uh, Rito, and it's actually pretty funny. Yeah. As we're talking about all this, Simon Bennett just dropped a prototype um, of something that was going to be in once and always, but it was uh, canned. It was a monster called Retro No, and it was going to uh, come yeah, from yeah, a I saw 90s that I saw that a few uh, a few uh, days ago. It looked like uh, a mix of a like, Furby. Circuit, circuit and a Furby. 
Yeah. I'm like, you know, maybe they should have went with this idea. I like it. I like the I idea. Think it would have been, inter- been an interesting idea, but I think whatever version of the script this was would have had a very different tone. I would If it was at the very beginning, like the old camp and cheese, it would have been funny in my opinion, but that's just me. <laughs> Either way, uh, I, I guess you saw it a couple days ago. I only just saw it on another account that just dropped it, but uh, it's just funny. But yeah, on the... I'm optimistic regardless of what's going on. To me, taking a step back, taking my Power Ranger helmet off, taking my bias out of it, I think it's a lot of restructuring. I think they need someone to sit down analyze what is working and what is not because as much as we want to say yes there is some stuff hasbro has absolutely messed up on there is no denying it there is stuff that they are giving the fans that the fans have been asking for for years and saban bandai whoever did never moved on it one of those is a full psycho ranger set Yes, they had the individuals, but never finished it. We got the uh, pink and yellow Psycho Rangers. We got comic exclusive stuff. Like, for it seems like for every positive short, there's like three steps back. I'm still waiting for a Savage Sword, though. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not going to disagree with you. But they are. It does seem like if they get someone with a vision, it's like, all right, this is what the fans want. This is what people will buy. Because I'm still waiting for a Haslab. But like, like I right think... now, right now, I feel like a Doctor Who fan in 1989. Why is that? Because that's when that Doctor Who ended, and he, nobody thought it would come back. Which is ironic too, with that Disney series coming out with um, Catherine Tate and uh, um, I think specials. it's David Tennant again. The, yeah, those are specials being distributed by Disney Plus internationally. Yeah, that's so weird on it, but it's. I think the franchise is going to be fine, but it needed this. It needs a restructuring. It needs a let's get. I'm not saying it needs a reboot, but let's go back. Let's see what all's going on, and decide a good vision going forward. I think that is it is needed, um, for because it's gotten so convoluted at this point on it because you have different stuff going on. I'm not saying copy Marvel of oh use the comics for it, but. They, they have to have something, and I think it was inevitable this was going to happen, whether it's next year, five years, ten years uh, from it. I think the show has survived multiple cancellations or almost cancellations. So I, I think we should maybe feel a little bit better about the show's chances of coming back. Um... But I think that once we have some clarity on the Entertainment One sale, for for starters, it looks like that might be going to Lionsgate. Once we have clarity on the sale and how it affects what Jonathan Edwistle and Jenny Klein are working on, and once we know more about what they're working on, then maybe we'll feel a bit better. But either way, whether it is ready or if it's not like we still have cosmic fury to look forward to so i would expect that we don't hear anything concrete until after the fall exactly and that's to me it goes back to what you said right now to me hasbro's biggest thing they need to figure out 
if Cosmic Fury is supposed to be out in like two months, and I'm throwing this out there, I have no idea. But usually September, roughly-ish, there's been little to no marketing on it. Like, guys, like, start hyping this up. Like, that's my, it's my thing I will always complain about is Hasbro's terrible at marketing. Terrible, terrible. Unless they don't have faith in Cosmic Fury. That's another matter entirely. Well, I mean, it's an emerging brand, which means that they have bigger fish to fry. I don't know. And they don't have a brand manager. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know this isn't, you know, hot take or anything to say, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. Yep. And yeah. the one thing I will say, Rito, I, the one true concern I genuinely have, let's, let's put aside for a second, the, uh, all, all the stuff. I'm regardless if it's an emerging brand or not, how they see it. The one concern I have is how quiet they were with the brand at San Diego Comic-Con. That I'm a little worried about. Not Boom Comics. Boom is promoting their franchises. But the actual franchise, that that was concerning. You would think there would be some big bombs. There would be none. So that's that's only my small take. That's my only true concern on it. So And maybe they're not ready to show stuff. Who knows? Yeah, well, I just hope that maybe... Oh, I hope for clarity as soon as we can get it, but I don't expect anything until after Cosmic Fury drops, or a couple weeks after Cosmic Fury drops. Hopefully, we start to hear something out of um, out of Hasbro, and hopefully, around that time, the uh, Entertainment One situation settles down. They have a new brand manager, and we start being able to learn some answers. So, before we go, uh, what do you have to plug? No, I don't have too much to plug. Uh, same thing as usual. If anybody, hey, wants to follow me on Twitter, I mean X now. Ugh, I need to get a different social media platform. It's always Crimson It already Suicide. has a theme song that DMX wrote ages ago. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, the... As usual, guys, you can always follow me at Crimson Sooners. Football season's coming up, so August, we're really going to get back into the regular grind. I know this is Ranger Cast, but hey, Rito asked. Um, we'll be trying to do our Sunday live streams again, and we don't expect anything from the OU team this year with it until next year. But hey, we're still going to be talking football, talking fun stuff. Other than that, Rito, there's not a whole lot to plug because I've been busy, man. I've been here, there, and everywhere. I've been at cons. Yeah, I've been at cons, <laughs> I've been at too. so many cons. And I am what? staffing Oticon, which is uh, the July 28th to the 30th at the Walter E. Washington Convention Center in Washington, D.C. If you're in the Nine. Mid-Atlantic, uh, definitely go. The schedule's out. They're showing, in the video rooms, they're showing uh, Black, Kuga, the original Kamen Rider series, and some really out-there stuff, too, like... Uh, a few episodes of the Message from Space TV series and Daimajin, which is a fantastic old kaiju film. There's also going to be a Tokusatsu panel and photo shoot. And if you're a Digimon fan, nice. you definitely want to go to the Discotech panel. They have a big yeah. that fans have kind of figured out is probably the four Digimon adventure movies, including the three that were stitched together to make Digimon the movie. Um, 
And then after that, they have a mystery Digimon screening, which will probably be whatever they're announcing at their panel. But the discotheque panel is always a fun time. They might actually be announcing some tokusatsu. Now, if you see me, I'm working staff pool, so I'll be a little bit of everywhere, but I'm going to try to make it to that panel. So definitely say hi. And I've been really looking forward to the disco, um, Rito, just because I've been cracking the joke and giving people memories that they were like, oh, I've repressed this a long time ago. I'm just saying, if it truly is the Digimon movie, the American one with... No, no, it's not, it's, not, it's not Digimon the movie. It, it's the, orig- the individual movies that make it, up the Digimon movie. Because oh. Digimon the movie is owned by Disney. Oh, then I misunderstood because I was I've been no, telling no, no, people, no, no. man, it's... if this does not come with the uh, Angela Anaconda short that everybody hates. I think I joked that the mid the mystery Digimon <laughs> screening was just like four hours of that short on repeat, causing who knows <laughs> because... how many divorces and people to walk. <laughs> you are you, on you the know, same page on the... that one. Do you know the yes, divorce yes. Uh, meme? Yeah, yeah. I do. Um, I do. <laughs> for those who don't Google, Google it, Angela Anaconda Digimon divorce. It it, it is a ride. All right. It is so yeah, yeah. So anyway, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we look forward to catching you on the con circuit. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time on ReacherCast. Bye, everybody. If you like what you just heard, find us at rangercast.net or look us up in your favorite podcast app. Reach out to us on Twitter or leave a voicemail on our website. The opening theme is by Daniel Park. The ending theme is by me. Rangercast is distributed under Creative Commons license. A tribute and share alike. Mm-hmm.